Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes. Welcome to Don't Be Alarmed, We're Negroes, baby, with E. Mitch and Sugar. What we got going on today, Suge? What up, fellas? What's going on with y'all? Uh, today, we're going to cover last week's Pebble Beach Pro-Am and this week's uh, Genesis Invitational. We're going to get into the Mount Rushmore sports, uh, talk about our, our who do we see that should be on the face of that mountain. going to talk about uh, golf diversity as well. In a documentary called Uneven Fairways is what we're going to highlight there. Uh, we're going to give you the gigging golf song of the week, sneaker release of the week. We're going to talk about Tiger and the changing of the guard in golf. And then what are we hating on this week? And we're going to wrap it up with the back nine. Nice. Sounds like a loaded show. You know, speaking of golf, I like feeling good, looking good and being safe out on the course. And once we thaw out here in Denver, we're going to be on the course and we want to protect our skin. So for your eyes, aesthetics has the perfect product. Hey, golfer, gals and gents. This is Ashley Knight, founder and owner of For Your Eyes Only Aesthetics. Plan on hitting the links? Then you need sunscreen. 80% of all skin aging comes from the sun. So protect yourself while you're on the green with Image Skincare, available only through a trusted esthetician like me. When I'm outdoors, my go-to sunscreen is the Prevention Plus Daily Ultimate Protection Moisturizer, SPF 50. A friend of this podcast is a friend of mine. So enter a coupon code, don't be alarmed, at checkout and you will receive 20% off your order. Again, enter coupon code, don't be alarmed, at checkout to receive 20% off all orders. You can find us at www.youreyesonlyaesthetics.com. Again, that's www.youreyesonlyesthetics.com. Nice. Keeping us safe. That's right. So we're back. And this week, along with us, we have our guests Vishnu and Mathis. So we're going to start off with Mr. Miami, as we always say, a.k.a. Mr. Pop Yokala, and also Mr. No Days Off. Mr. Vishnu, how you doing today? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? I got me this new microphone, so I figured I'd get my bedroom voice on the radio. Um, <laughs> do you think I can add Chocolate Twilight to my uh, AKA? Excuse me, sorry, what? <laughs> it's perfect. It goes, it goes with you. So Mr. AKA now is Chocolate Twilight. Chocolate Twilight. So thank you for joining us. And then we also have... Uh, one of my partners from high school, um, Mathis, and also referred to as the natural number 44 and the Swiss Army athlete, the, the best one that I know, Mr. Santella. How are you, sir? Wow, that's quite the introduction. Thanks. I appreciate it. How come I got to follow up Vishnu? You should have let me go first and let him finish. <laughs> Just saying. I'm never finished. <laughs> well, that's All what right. she said, bitch. <laughs> right on man thanks for joining us this is uh our third podcast of uh black history month and we're proud to be coming to you um talking it up uh chopping it up together and uh we're going to get started here with a couple of questions for our guest mathis um who joins us for the first time so 
uh, Mathis, why don't we get to know you here and um, tell us how, um, you know, how did you get into the game of golf? Well, um, it started actually in my mom's backyard uh, where I grew up. It backed a wide open field. So my grandpa and I used to go over to Highland Hills and this was when they only had two courses and we'd go wade in the creek that runs through Highland Hills and we'd get all the golf balls. And then we'd go to my mom's backyard and just hit driver after driver after driver just forever. So that's how I started. Um, I remember my first ever experience on a golf course was with my grandpa. We played uh, the par three at Indian Tree. My first drive, I was, I don't even know, 10 years old maybe. Um, and I had a golf club that my grandpa had used and then he just chopped it in half and used electrical tape as a grip. First drive, boom, right on the green. I was hooked that simple. So, uh, yeah, that's how I got into it. And then, you know, there's so many good golf courses where I've grown up and lived that, uh, it was just a good way to get out once I couldn't do the, the sports that I used to do. And that's about it. I just fell in love with it. It is turned into an addiction, which I enjoy. So right on, man. Um, who's your favorite golfer? Um, well, I would say it, it's got to be Tiger. And, you know, he was just, he was the Jordan of my heyday when it came to golf. And, um, you know, my, my grandpa, he used to really like uh, Jack Nicholas. So I, I, I think there was a part of me that was like, I like Tiger because he's going after Jack. You know, kind of that that rivalry that my grandpa and I had, which was cool. Um, you know, to, like in today's golf, uh, that's probably shifted a little bit. Um, I don't know who it is. It's like somebody new each week. I kind of just root for someone else, you know, someone new each week. So I don't think I have anybody right now, but I'm taking applications. So <laughs> that's what's up, you man. Ask them if they also swim in a creek to find balls. Well, that's true. I should. That's a great <laughs> starter question. I will ask them credentials right you got to yeah. have the credentials got to make connections right right hey um so we got uh, a couple more questions for you so what was your first set of clubs and uh do you still have them <laughs> uh my first set of clubs i bought were called nighthawks um i paid 120 bucks for them um i bought a bag an iso bag that i still have that actually was more than the clubs um and i played with those for 17 years and I never had one problem with them. I, I mean, I replaced my driver here and there. Um, but it's so funny because it's a running joke. Whenever one of my friends breaks a club or something, they're like, Mathis, bring a Nighthawk. Bring us your seven, you know, your seven iron Nighthawk. I need it. It's uh, so they were Nighthawks. That was my first set of clubs. And I just replaced them last summer. So I think we just found a new nickname for you. Nighthawk. Bring it. I like that, man. I like that. What did you replace them with? What'd you get? Uh, I got the Callaway Rogues. Nice. Yep. And I, I love them. I absolutely love them. So uh, it was crazy to, you know, I, I, I'm not like an equipment guy. Um, I say that, but I have like every golf gadget in the world now. Um, but I, changing clubs, man, it just was like, wait a minute. I can do things with these that I couldn't with. The, it, 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 it totally changed my outlook on having that quality product to, to play with. So. 
Nice. Well, thanks for joining us and hanging thanks with us me. today. Yeah, um, for sure. So let's talk Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So we had a lot of picks last week. Um, I think Berger was on my list, um, but so was Harold Varner, uh, Spieth, and Jason Day. Um, but Daniel Berger won with that negative Peyton Manning, that 18. And uh, the other golfers just fell in. It actually was an a interesting um, Sunday because it was grouped in once again with some good competition. And uh, Spieth was up there again. And, um, you know, another Sunday, you know, we see him fall from the top down to he still stayed in the top five, but he, you know, still still didn't finish in the top. And uh, there's a lot of people saying, hey, he's back. Um, but can he close it? So what do you guys think of the pebble? So can I ask you a question, uh, E? And this goes out to Boogaloo. But what about Paul Casey? Oh, wow. boy. What about Paul? Y'all and were giving memory. me a lot of noise about just picking one out the out the spot. And that guy came in fifth place. Yeah, he did. I'll give he it did. to you. He did. You know, I, I, Jordan Spieth had a had a, another weekend, man, where he was was going into the last day where he was leading and, um, you know, ran, ran into some rough, uh, rough, rough golf off the start on Sunday, man. And I think that's kind of the same thing that happened to him the week previously. And, you know, I think that was one of my picks. And I believe I also said Jason day, and I think he's been a little consistent, um, over the last couple of weeks, he looks like he's getting stronger and better. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens to those two, but, you know, I think there was some uh, there was some amazing shots again that, that took place in this tournament that really changed everything and changed the whole day on Sunday. I totally agree. Um, it you know the the weather seemed to play like there was a day where or a couple of days where that wind was whipping, and that could give them you know some trouble, but. Overall, it was some really great golf. We are seeing some really good golf out here these these last few weeks. I can't lie. Mathis, any uh, any 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 thoughts and takes on on what you saw over the weekend? Yeah, I was just thinking. I mean, Berger that that on eighteen, man, he just he just took it. Like you could just tell the drive, the approach, even the, the you know to go out with an eagle. He just. He was like, I'm just, I'm just going to take this. And you could see it where other players looked like they were like playing not to lose. Um, you know, McKinney, that was, it was good to see him kind of push as well. But I mean, that last hole was, that's how you do it. That's how you close it out. Right. Walk off Eagle. Are you kidding me? So yeah, it was, uh, it was good. That, that, and then, I mean, Lashley, right. How does that, I mean, I can understand it. I, you know, well, I guess I can't understand it, but I've missed a, a money putt many times. So, yeah. Lashley was having some issues out there that final day, you know, you could, but I think he handled it pretty well. Um, but he definitely was having some, some issues out there. Oh and yeah. Four, four putt on 16. Yeah. That's, that's rough. That's going to be struggling. <laughs> <For sure>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely struggling, man. It's, but you know what, like, you know, and, and Mathis, you and I kind of talked about this, you know, um, previously and um, just some conversations we've had. But it's it's actually kind of refreshing to see these guys struggle a little bit because then you kind of know that they're human and not 
just cyborgs that go out there and, and hit every shot right. And, you know, what they show on TV looks really good, man. You know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes you, you know, makes you want to go out and play again. You're like, oh, he messed up like I do. Let's do it again. Yeah, it's fucking possible that I can get better. <laughs> it's actually kind of interesting that you say that, though, because I think that's what really set Tiger Woods apart in his heyday was that guy really was a machine. Like, he was he was ice cold, baby, ice cold when he was Absolutely. out on the Absolutely. On the course. And that uh, that nine iron or seven seven iron him wife took to his head kind of knocked that loose. Hmm. Oh, for sure. Hey. Well, and he had the advantage too of he made other players weak in the knees. Like they were just like already beaten when they took the course. That's gone too. Like there's nobody like that now. So his impact was insane. He kind of had that that uh you know you you don't see the mentality in a lot of sports these days because it's. I just don't think it's the same, but it, it's like Kobe. When when Kobe was out there, he was going to crush you. Tiger was the same way. You saw him out there on Sunday, game over. That is sure. the truth. That boy is good. So, transitioning. Rich, what do we have up next? What do you think about the Gen- Genesis Invitational? You know, this one's going to be interesting. Um, I think that you have a lot of uh, talented golfers in the field. Um, you have Dustin Johnson who's coming back and he was seen, you know, he's the number one golfer in the world. So the rest of the field, you're going to really get a chance to see how they line up against him. Right. So, I mean, I think, you know, you, you got, uh, like I said, you got DJ, uh, John Rahm, uh, Justin Thomas, Royal McElroy, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, Patrick, or Patrick Cantelay, as you said, Vishnu, I didn't say it as eloquently as you did, but, uh, you got Xander um, out there again, Brooks um, and Tony uh, Finau is, is Bubba Watson. So I kind of see those guys as kind of the leaders in that field. But I think, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So before we get to my picks, well, why don't we get into y'all's picks and see, see who you're favoring this week? Where, where is Bubba from? That, is that like Bubba Gum, Bubba from Alabama? Like, where is Bubba from? I, I know he's from from he's from the south for sure. Okay, all right. I'm surprised he's not bass fishing. <laughs> hey, you you might be a two uh, two sport man. That is you true. You never know. Boat in the morning. I got it. You know, I might tee off later in the afternoon. Dude, that's uh, generous to call bass fishing a sport. You're a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it were anything that you can buy at Bass Pro is a sport. I'll take that. So who who we got in the Genesis? Who we got? So there is a huge field. So let's the past winners: Adam Scott, JB Holmes, Bubba Watson in twenty eighteen, DJ in twenty seventeen, Bubba in twenty sixteen, James Hahn in fifteen, and in twenty fourteen, Bubba won it again. So Bubba has uh, in the past uh, six years or so has won it three times. So we have it there, and all the big dogs are out there. Berger did withdraw, so he won last week, but he's not playing in this one this week. And we have some really good matchups and and pairings out there. Um, I think DeChambeau and Rory tee off together um, at 11.43. I think uh, Justin Thomas and Kepka and Xander are all in the same grouping. That's going to be something we want to watch. Um, Jordan Spieth is matched up with Kucher, 
Coocher. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so we have uh, some 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 really good pairings uh, to kick this tournament off, um, and we'll see what's see what's going to happen. So, uh, Vish, let's talk about your picks. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna go with Spieth again. I, I'd like to believe that he's going to pull one out. Um, but my uh, I don't know. That he's a sleeper, but kind of secretly, I'm hoping that Finale kind of makes a run at it. Uh, can you say his name again? For now. Uh, okay, thank you. I, I believe it's Fee now, but I think he likes the spice that you put on his name. Spicy. Yeah. Say it again. I'm going to call him for now. I'm going to call him for now. <laughs> hey, that works, man. <laughs> hey, he plays, he's playing good too, though. I consider him and Jason Day kind of on the same path of playing upwards. Neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Better than having no neck. Oh. Well, can we all agree we got to pick somebody other than DJ? Like, it's hard to not pick him, though, right? I know, but that's what I mean. Like, I, you yeah. know, let's let's add a little, you know, to this because I think I don't know. He, he's my pick to win, but I want to give you guys somebody else. Like, I got I got somebody for you. I think I think somebody who can who could definitely uh, the course is set up nice for as long as they can putt is uh, Bryson. I think he has a really good shot because he can hit the ball long. And if his short game, if he can get up on the, on the green and then has some really short putts, I think he's got a good shot. That's not a bad, I, that's not a bad pick at all. I actually have him on my list also. Mathis, since I've won the pickings the last couple of times and been pretty close, I think you should go ahead and release yours. And then, then I will, you know, finish up. You you really want me to release mine on your show? Yep. Wow. I didn't know we were going to go there. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> so, I, sorry, I think Spieth is it's trap. We're going to go Star Wars there. He's played too well the last couple of weeks. Don't see that. Uh, DeChambeau, big driver, not accurate. Uh, this course is set up for those that hit the fairway. Um, you know, it's, uh, fairways are only hit 56% of the time here. Uh, and we're compared to pebble last week, it's more than 65%. So that driving accuracy is super important here. Uh, the putting, you can get away with it if you can get on the fairway. So, uh, my pick is JT, Justin Thomas. Um, but I really think that uh, Colin Morikawa has a chance because this is kind of in his backyard and he's, he's, he's like a sleeper. I just see him as a sleeper. No one's really counting on him. And, and he played amazing last year. So I'm going to go JT, but Morikawa is, uh, he, he's creeping behind him. Those are my two. Oh, somebody studied good up. Picks. Yeah, yeah, good picks, man. Those this are some is just good what picks. I do. I, this, is, this wasn't for the show. I hate to say it, but this is just <laughs> this is what I've been doing. This is how you know you're getting old, right? You study golf. Right. Nice. I like it. <laughs> I still think one guy that we haven't said is Patrick Cantlay. I think he does have a chance to to do some damage too. So, well, what about you? He didn't make my list, um, but <laughs> yes. um, I did have Bryson on there and he's played well. He's finished in the top 15, the last seasons playing there. Um, of course the power and putting. So if he can get that under control, he'll be good. Um, actually my pick will be Bubba. 
Let's see if he can get that four piece um, since he's won it in 2018, 2016, and 2014. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what DJ does out here coming off a of bye week. Um, but my sleeper is Francisco Molinari. He just moved to LA and his home track is Riviera Country Club. So he knows even the course. Was, even though he was hitting them dusters. Amen. It happens. But now he's at home and he's comfortable and he's on his home track. Uh, look for him to make some noise. And then it'll be interesting to see if Spieth can stay hot and finish in the top five or top ten and and if he can put it all together, you know, and just kind of go from there. But, I mean, this field is stacked. The only thing we're missing is the sponsor, Tiger Woods. Um, he's not playing because he's got back surgery, but um, this is his sponsored um, tournament. And, uh, you know, we're going to miss him out there. Um, and we're hoping we see him in the future. Do you guys actually think he? Do you guys think he drives a Hyundai or? No? I think he has one. I don't think he drives it. What does he do with it? I think he, he has like mama. the service. The the help uses it. <laughs> the help. The help. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's very nice. Maybe he is driving. That's why his back hurt. Oh! Oh! Wow! Driving got him in trouble the first time. Ooh. Yeah, driving on the wrong T box. Yeah, man. Woo wee. Y'all coming in hot. Right. Well, <laughs> while we're watching, you know, this this golf tournament, right? And you know, we all get hungry and we want something hot and tasty out there. Um, may I personal chef uh can provide those services anywhere based out of Texas. So let's hear from May I Personal Chef. good eats but hate the preparation may i personal chef a traveling chef company that specializes in meal prep catered meals and private events developing comfort food tastes with amazing flavors creating memories one bite at a time visit may i personal chef at may i personal chef that that's nice hungry Chef Mays, go ahead and send us a few over to the show so we can have some vittles. That's right, man. We got to grab while we're talking about all this golf, man. So we're gonna get, we're gonna get into our golfer diversity segment of uh, of the week and talk about. Uh, we're gonna start with a documentary called Uneven Fairways, and to kind of give you guys uh, to everyone our listeners a breakdown of of this documentary, we want you to go out there, YouTube it view it for yourself. Uh, but the documentary covers the story of African-Americans in golf, uh, the United Golfers Association um, and black caddies and how they lived um, and learned how to play golf and kind of equate that into life and change their life. You know, they created forms of unity where there were none um, and in a culture of exclusion. And, you know, this is a, a really good story that breaks down, um, you know, the, the, all of the different barriers that the African-Americans had to face um, when trying to even just play golf. We couldn't even get on, um, you know, courses or even join the PGA tour. And one of the, the coolest things that I found out in this, um, in this documentary was, um, you know, I always looked at Joe Lewis as an American hero, but he was actually the first African-American to play in the PGA tour event. 
1952. And that's something I didn't even know. Um, but you know, the, the, the sad part about that story, even though he broke a barrier, he had to play as an amateur under an exception. So I think, you know, the, the documentary breaks that down, um, and kind of talks to, um, how hustling became a way of life for a lot of these, a lot of these caddies. So, um, the great documentary, you can go out there on YouTube and check it out. Again, it's called Uneven Fairways and it is narrated by, um, none other than Samuel L. Jackson. And uh, it's a great look. So um, we took a look at it. So let's hear some, let's hear some thoughts on it. Say what again? Say what again? <laughs> I was waiting for him to say it in the documentary and it didn't come up. <laughs> I didn't know language I ever heard of. They speak English and what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Reg, you, you kind of kept, you're right there with the Joe Lewis thing. I, I mean, playing as an amateur, he was an amateur though. Like he was a boxer. You just have him on the course. So I, that didn't bother me so much. But the fact that they had all these other um, individuals in the game that were balling out, like it took a guy like a Joe Lewis coming from another sport to kind of crack the egg. That was kind of a big deal. I think the other side of it, too, um, I mean, maybe it had something to do with his war record. Uh, maybe it had something to do with the fact that, you know, as a boxing champion, he was a well-liked boxing champion so it was easier for him to play that role of crossover um but yeah man that kind of caught me surprised the first black guy to ever play golf with the professionals was a boxer that's true i mean the the thing that got me was you know having to hustle kind of have to watch your back uh even if you played in tournaments um just like you didn't know if you're going to get ripped off or anything like that. And I mean, they had to play on what, what people call a chitlin circuit and um, travel around on their own dime and everything like that. So, I mean, it made me appreciate that tigers in the sport and we have other brothers in the sport, but we have a long way to go. Um, there's not a lot. And uh, to get on there, you got, you know, the exceptions and like the rules that they they have, you know, it's just it's just not cool. You know, I just I mean, I get it. But if if a golfer's good, then let them in. If they play in, let them play in if it's worth it. So, Mathis, what's your take? Well, kind of to piggyback on uh, what Vishnu was saying, you know, I didn't know that about Joe Lewis either. Uh, that was definitely a, a really cool background story. But. Like I, I had a problem with, I feel that Joe Lewis was kind of, it, had he not been this symbol of, you know, F the Germans, I don't think that it would have happened. So he was kind of, he was being used, I feel, as propaganda. And I, and I hate that, right? Like if, if he would have just been Joe Lewis, the, the, the heavyweight champion, I don't think they let him play. But one thing that the, the documentary really did a good job of, of getting across was how loved he was because, and I forget the guy he beat in the champion or in the, in like the first round, I forget his name. Um, Max, if Nazi, whatever. Yeah. If he yeah. doesn't beat him, is he still given that opportunity? And it has nothing else to do other than like, Oh, look, we're going against Germany. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I appreciate or I'm thankful that that opportunity was given, but I just, from my perspective, I, I just don't, I don't like how it came about. You know, so. I like that you said that, Mathis, but one thing I will say is that there were two caddies in the documentary that kind of 
they spoke to that. They spoke to the fact that, you know, one, one of them was real about it. He said that, you know, Joe Lewis was the problem with, you know, he was like a lot of these good golfers that, that they, you know, you was just happened to be born black or you're, you're a good athlete, but you were just born black. Right. Yep. But I think the one thing that, that I think does mean something is that those guys recognized that Joe Lewis actually brought the country together. And Absolutely. one of them actually said it in there, like, you know, where, where did that go? You know, and this was, this was back in the, this was back then. Oh yeah. This was, a, yeah, absolutely. The only you problem know. I had with Joe is that uh, he was making them dudes work to get their money. Like if he lost a bet, that dude yeah. was like, to go to come and house. take it. Or like, they had to follow him <laughs> and stuff. And it's like, yo, come on, Joe, you going you gonna make these guys follow you or fight you to get the money. You got it. So go ahead and cough it up. So, you know, maybe that was his competitive streak and he, he didn't want to, uh, give up that dough, but come on, Joe. Joe Lewis was the right. first Debo. <laughs> <laughs> this moment in Black history, you heard right. it from Rich. <laughs> he said he was the first Debo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, they have. Yeah, they're like we had to follow him all the way home to get our money, and I want my money. Well, they that were, one dude was. He always looked like he was asleep though in the in the documentary too. Man, my man was. Uh. <laughs> Eyes, Eyes creased. Step, man. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. yeah, that was it. You know, there was a there was a line in there from uh was it Stanley Mosk who was the uh who was the district was it district attorney in California and how he had to call uh or basically just say, Hey, listen, if y'all don't if y'all don't let these dudes play, you don't you don't get to host your tournament in California. And he was like, what are we talking about? Is, like, it's just skin color? That's the reason they can't play? Come on. I mean, it just, I think all throughout history, the point of this was <clears throat> it, it takes it takes the entire village, even the folks that don't look like you to kind of help pave the way. Like, you've got to do your part as a person of color, for sure. But at the end of the day, you still need someone from that other from that other camp, from that other group to look in and say, you know what? Yeah, you do deserve the chance. And, and to, to, to be an advocate so not the person that lifts you up props you up or anything just an advocate of your cause and it goes both ways oh for sure well you know i think about um the advocate you speak of is 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 that dominant culture having someone with the balls enough to to say something right and um i think about branch ricky right that he did that with jackie robinson he was there to, to give that, 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 that parallel voice that needed to be at that right time. Right. And, um, you know, just to say like, and, and I know this is uh, modern day, I, this would have never been spoken in that era, but they needed to use that white privilege for good instead of, you know, using it in a way that, you know, I don't know, kept people out. I mean, it's, it's that simple. I don't know how else to say it. Like, you got to have the balls to use that 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 your skin color to help other people and that just it still doesn't exist so yeah and i think that it's a it's a it's a good bridge to the next topic we want to get to there was an article that was um you know uh recently um on the on the golf channel on the nbc sports network and it was talking about uh the story of willie mack the third 
and um, his unique story and, and how he's, you know, struggled to, to really, you know, get the support um, from a monetary standpoint to play the game he loved and how his parents have, you know, really um, done everything they can to help him. And so it, it's a great story. So again, would love to get your guys' perspective on the article and kind of what you see and, and maybe some of the ties to the, the documentary we just talked about. Well, I, I thought it was crazy, right? So how the article opened up with the exceptions, right? So it took like special circumstances to get these exceptions. And in my mind, after I read the second time, I was like, well, why? Like, let's let's talk about golf. If they deserve the exception, let them in. You know, all these networks or commentators want to have a good story to tie something to. Um, so I feel how he was kind of talking. He was like, you know, I want to let my golf speak and I don't want to put my story out there. And so it took a while to get a story out there. I mean, my brother was struggling, you know what I'm saying? Like out there having to go through, I mean, just a lot of stuff and actually being homeless for a couple of years and still playing and figuring it out. Um, it was it was very uh, deep, um, and I was I was actually taken back because it 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 kind of pissed me off a little bit. I can't lie because I was like, man, why does he have to tell his story to get on um, when he's in all these other tournaments? And it's obvious he can play because he's kicking everybody's ass. So you know, give this guy a shot. But then it made me visit you know what it takes to be a pro and and you know, the cost and the expense and stuff. And maybe it isn't the racism that's the issue. Maybe it's classism, right? So the money brings into the issue, right? So I know on the corn ferry and all that stuff, it's it's expensive to get on there. So you got to go to Q school, you got to go to corn ferry, and then you might be able to get your cars, right? So what about the people that don't have that path? Um, you know, and it was, it was, very enlightening to see that, um, you know, they had the APGA tour created, which is Advocates Pro Golf Association tour out there. And it's a lowly price where people can join and try to get out there and qualify. But it was developed so late. Right. So Mac had to endure all of this before this was even out there. And now it's really helping them. So, um, I mean, it it was just it was it was deep to even see that now in this day and age. So I don't know. What do you think, Mathis? Well, thinking about how much money rolls through golf, it it was it was just disgusting, right? I mean, this is a billion dollar industry. You've got people that can play, and their only reason that they can't is because they they can't they don't have the, they don't have the income they don't have the capital. That's you know insane to me. But I will say this. You know, it talked about how the school that he went to played an important part, or I, they didn't say that, but it was kind of implied that, you know, it said, had he gone to like Arizona or yeah, like yeah, right. Those are more prominent schools that he had a better shot, but that's also something that is not allotted or, or not given to other people. Just like you just, here you go. So I don't know. I was as I read it, I, it was definitely like, I, it, it, it hit something in me like this, is just isn't fair, but I'll also say, look, if he was white, 
it'd be a different story. So that's, that's a part of this too, right? That's a part of this too. That's, that's how most of these cats get into Arizona. And that's how they get, you know, that's a part of it too. And just to ignore that piece of it, it, it you know, I don't, I don't feel that, that that was brought up, but I do think about this as it ended in my head. I'm like, man, this has the making of a, of one of the greatest golf stories, sports stories that we can think of, right? Homeless car explodes, everything he owns is in it. And he goes on to do something in the PGA making, you know, and he does it his way. Like he does it, he grinds it out. And, and so it has that making, everything's been written up to the ending. So how's it going to end? That's how I left the article. Where are the Disney riders? Right. (laughs) (laughs) The blind side. Car explodes. You know, I don't, I mean, I guess there are a couple of things. First off, the Willie Mack story is an interesting story only because he wasn't even the first choice for the Charlie Sifford exemption. Like there was somebody else that ended up having to drop out of the, of the runnings and he get, he got in, you know, I, I'm a little bit interested in this notion of before I say that, let me just say, I didn't realize how much um, promotion goes into actually getting in um, to the ranks of golf. Like it, quite honestly, it has less to do with your overall skill and more to do with, okay, well, you've, you've made it through college. You, we know you can play. Now let's start getting people that are going to sponsor or promote you from around the area. So if we started talking about, well, what is the road to getting in? That's probably where the problem is for me. The fact that you've got to go finish Q school, which yeah, it's got costs or whatever. And corn fair, that doesn't bother me as much. Like everybody's got to go through that journey. But if it if you if it takes sponsorship to even start the path, and that's where a guy like Willie Mack has a challenge. That's where he falls down. And how do you? I mean, in college, you talk about it in terms of affirmative action because um, you're you're funding education in that scenario. How do you find affirmative action in golf where you can start funding more of these socioeconomic um, um, the socioeconomic needs of a head start versus is it because he was just black or anything like that? Yeah. He went to an HBCU. I get that. I don't know that that's what stopped him because everybody knew he was good. He just couldn't find sponsors and who's going to sponsor a poor dude living in his car. Well, but shouldn't you right now, now what's, what's going to happen? The story is out there. How many sponsors is my man going to get? Right? Like how many people are going to run to him and try to give him a check and everything? Um, it's interesting, like the kind of ties that, you know, oh, we want to show that we're doing something good by helping somebody or whatever. It's kind of tied to the popularity of, oh, look what we did. You know, we're helping. We're we're looking for a good story to give this exemption, you know, or whatever. And it's like, well, why? You know, he he proved he can play. Um, and and I don't care about the market piece like, OK, yeah, you need money to get on, but I mean, why do I have to jump through hoops to get sponsors or whatever? And then it also makes me question like companies' motives and where were some of our our companies, other smaller companies or whatever. Like, be interesting to see what companies actually maybe he reached out to, and they said no, and no, sorry, come again. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what what kind of hoops he had to jump through, um, even till t- even today. I mean, once this story broke, I'm sure he's not going to have a problem now. 
Um, no. I, I can't find a newspaper in the country that's not talking about him right now. Correct. Right. And I think that there will be there will be some organizations or some, you know, and, and not that will do um, do what they can to support him without the notoriety, too. I think you'll you'll see some of both. You know what I mean? Like you'll you'll see some, you know, some, some private funding will probably come his way because some people really want to see him succeed. I, I think that'll really happen. Um, well, and that's where you number- find out where, you know, who the who's doing it for the right reason and who's doing it for the wrong reason. Going back to what you said. What, why, why are they doing it? And then, you know, Vishnu, you made an amazing point about like, it's branding. Like if it really comes down to that, that's, that's another ins- like just insane concept to four guys here who are, would do anything to play golf for a living. Right. Mm-hmm. So we could be really good, but if we don't have, if we don't know the right people, it really doesn't matter. Right. I got, I got some numbers before we go to the next uh, segment here, but just to put this into perspective. So um, 23 years after Joe Lewis was able to play in a PGA event, um, that documentary kind of talks about, um, you know, the, the first person to ever play in the Masters. The Masters is coming up here pretty soon, right? So in 1975, it took that long for someone also of color to play in the Masters at Augusta. So we are all like, mo- I mean, everyone, all, each one of us was born in the 70s. So as long as someone has been playing, I mean, we, we have been alive since, you know, some, someone of color has been playing or had the opportunity to play in the masters, but it's amazing to me just to think that not too long ago, things were so much different. That's a great point. You guys think about that. No, no, I think that's, I think that's really huge. Um, I mean, Sifford, I mean, he was the first person to get his tour card, right. And he played, was that 67? Yeah, and I I know he played in the Riviera. It was named something else too. So, I know he won that in California. So, the Los I think it was the Los Angeles Open at that point, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, you know, I think um as it relates to Willie and just what it takes to get it, like that's not that's not unique to the the sport of golf. Like I, I again, I can appreciate Willie saying, I go out onto the field I swing my clubs and I let them do the talking. Well, how often any of us have been in the workforce in real life and we're, we're letting our workmanship try to tell the story and we're not necessarily getting, getting the nods or getting the, the, the opportunities that we may feel are coming to us. And that's not to say that we deserve it, but it's also to say that, well, hold on. Like I managed this business or I did this thing and I'm not getting that next step. And all of a sudden it's about, well, who's your advocate at the exact level to get you that next phone call or who's your advocate in this other company that's got you the opportunity to, to take your next step. You know, this, this challenge that Willie Mack is having on the, on the golf course, it ripples through all of society, um, whether that be college work or, or your, your kids schools. Preach, preach up. Yeah, it's, it's too much who you know, not what you know going around for sure. Yes, indeed. Hey, we need to talk about an eyeball exploding because this is too serious. Oh. No, <laughs> no more eyeballs. But we will get into the next segment. E, what are we getting into? Hey, so um, everyone knows I love the the sneakers and and everything. And they, we kind of talked about um, golf shoes and everything. But this week... There's an iconic shoe supposed to drop. It actually was supposed to drop today. 
which is uh, MJ's birthday. Happy birthday to the goat uh, himself, Jeffrey. Um, But the Jordan 4 Cement Golf Shoe um, was supposed to be released today. Um, And that's an iconic shoe. Um, Everyone loved that shoe. Um, It's retailing for 200 bucks. Good luck getting your hands on it because um, you're here in my hater section of what I think about sneaker heads and, and golf shoes. Um, I'll, I'll go on a rant about that here later. So um, my question to everyone real quick before we talk about this shoe and how great it looks and everything like that. Uh, what is your favorite Jordan? Like what is your overall favorite Jordan that like if if they put it out there? And um, you had a boatload of money, you would buy every pair. Let's go with uh, let's go with Mathis. All right, this was probably the easiest thing to study for. It took about two seconds. Uh, the Elevens, um, black top, red bottoms. You know, the white ones are are clean too, but just those. There's something about them. I'll never forget the first time I saw them. Every time I see them, I have to stop and admire. They're just, they just do it for me. Yeah, those bread 11s are tough. And they actually came out with a, a kind of a version of that bread 11. Um, it was pretty clean, but you couldn't get your hand on it. What about you, Vish? Oh, you know, I said in that last one, I had to keep it on bobble. So the 13s, they come in black and chutney and chutney feel <laughs> Extra, extra Indian. Mm, oh, mm, no, mm. Nah, I'm being real serious. I would say the uh, the 32s and the red and white, uh, university red and white, they got like the flower stitching on the side. Nice. Red. I think they go with that chocolate twilight. Mm. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, you need to go ahead and, and get that chocolate twilight. You need to go ahead and reserve that. You need to go ahead and register that that domain Yeah, everywhere. Exactly. Um, but for me, man, um, the, the 11s, every color of the 11s, uh, my favorite are, you know, my favorite are the bread 11s um, as well. But I also love the threes and the fours. So to me, I, you know, back the truck up. I'm buying them all. Oh, hold on, Reg. You got to pick one, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So through the host, you get, okay, got it. Got it. My bad. <laughs> I mean, so they came out with the ones, um, and the one was, uh, it was okay. I think it was their first attempt at, um, having something fly from the retro line. Um, but if you try to get those out there now, they're super expensive, right? And then you had the sixes, which they put out in a low top version, which is kind of cool. They, they look good. They had the 13. Um, low in the cocaine white, the white and red, and then the navy blue. And then they put the threes out. Um, they had the cement threes, which came out in 2018. Um, they're pretty clean. Um, and then they had the green glow uh, cement three, which was was super dope. Um, and then they did roll out the 11s, right? So they had the Concord 11 lows. Um, and then... They had the uh, Snake Pack Masters, um, and everyone wanted these 11s and this Snake Pack um, Masters pack 
of shoes and they were supposed to release in 2019. But because of the hands, the A-man hands on the tongues of the shoes, they canceled the release. So these shoes, there's a boatload of these shoes sitting out somewhere. And I'm sure some people have got their hands on those. But they did have the bread 11 lows. Um, and then they had some, you know, denim is not allowed on the golf course. So, of course, they made a denim 11. Uh, they got a white gum. And then, of course, the cool gray. And uh, they put the fives out there in a couple of colors. Um, pretty cool. But these Jordan 4s, oh, boy. They are clean. They look, they got the the uh, air bubbles and just how you remember them and, and the stitching on them looks so good. And I mean, I was super excited. I know C pipes uh, was super excited to see him shout out C pipes on the, on the sneaker. Um, it's just, it's, it's pretty crazy. So I'm hoping everyone will get a chance to get them. I, you know, I don't know with these sneaker heads. So you'll hear yeah, from me later. Good luck with that shit. <laughs> got to get them on the aftermarket, brother. Yeah, man. He's got the glow. Uh oh. I'm sorry. Hey, you, you know, it might be easier to get a PS5 than than those than those Jordans. You, you may not be lying about that for sure. Yeah. So, speaking of Jordan, we talked about goats last week, and we got some feedback and. Um, some people argued some views and they love the views and everything. So um, we're challenged this week to pick our own personal Mount Rushmore of sports. So you can put five people we decided up on this Mount Rushmore um, for sports. So this should be interesting just to see uh, what people chose. So uh, let's Vish, let's go with you first. Um, you have a, have a crazy view about things. So I want to see who you pick for your Mount Rushmore. Uh, crazy view of things. Um, okay. Well, let me get my bedroom voice ready for this one. Uh, Muhammad Ali. His mama call him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. Mm. He's got to be up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a toss up between Serena Williams and Chris Everett. Both of them made big moves for their, uh, for women and, the sport of tennis, mm-hmm. Walter Payton, because I'm a football guy, and he is the uh, the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Like he initiated it. Uh, Michael Jordan, not a fan after watching um, the Michael Jordan documentary, but you got to give it to the man. Like that dude is the goat. Um, and then Carl Lewis, fastest man on earth. Even after singing the national anthem like that. Uh oh. <laughs> sorry because he's saying the national anthem like that oh boy yikes man (laughs) wow uh mathis let's hear your mount rushmore all right um the first four were pretty easy for me uh so and this is gonna pain me to say but tom brady uh, my my office just is good about is about to catch on fire for saying that. Uh, <laughs> Michael Jordan, Serena, I love the call Vishnu. Like you know, and I'm a huge tennis guy. I played tennis a lot of my life, um, and I've never seen the sport shift like it did when the when Serena and uh, Venus showed up, and it's it's been amazing. Um, Wayne Gretzky, 
Um, I mean, he's they'll, there's never been anybody like him, and there never will be. And then my fifth, I, I've got different names written down, and I, I've been having this conversation with myself for a while. I'm a huge baseball fan, and I don't think there's a really a goat in baseball. Um, I think Hank Aaron is is probably the closest. But then I was thinking about, okay, what about titles? Does titles matter? Because he has one title, where Yogi Berra has ten. You would never think, like, wow, Yogi Berra ten titles, but it's true. And he was, you know, you know, he was a vital part to every single one of them. His stats will never be there because he's a catcher, but he has ten titles. But I think what, like Hank Aaron, I just remember when Barry Bonds was was chasing his record, it was amazing. Right. So that, that number always stuck with me as a kid that, you know, when you get up and you play baseball, you want to hit a home run. I don't care what anybody says, right. That's what you want. And he was the best to ever do it. Legit best to ever do it. Um, but then thinking about this is a golf show. I think Tiger Woods is on my Mount Rushmore. I think he's the one that sneaks in in that fifth spot because of a lot of reasons, what he did for the game, he has the most career wins on the, on the tour. He's tied with uh, Sam Snead, I think. Um, he's only three behind Jack. And, he, you know, if he doesn't take a seven iron to the dome, I, I don't even think it's a question. And he can still do it. He's still got an outside chance of doing it. So Brady, Jordan, Serena, Gretzky, Tiger. That boy's good. Right on. All, all great selections. I mean, I, I, uh, I cannot argue with any of them and them not being on there. I think for me, it's uh, very similar. I'm going to put Ollie on there. I'm also going to put Jordan there. I'm also going to put Serena Williams on there because I think it's important for me to have, you know, I think she transcended a lot of different things in a sport, very similar to Tiger Woods, but I feel like she had to endure more. Then Tiger Woods, that's why I have her on my list. Um, Tiger Woods is on my honorable mention. Um, I'm also going to put Kobe there because I think he transcended a lot of – he transcended the sport. And he also – what he did for women's basketball, I think, is – has yet to be – there is no end to it. I think what he he's done to just not only the – the world of basketball, but what he did in um, what he set up the legacy for young women – you're going to see for generations to come, man. Um, so to me, I think that's very powerful. And it hurts me also to put him up there, Mathis, because he's Tom Brady. But when you get to that many championships and endure that many three different decades, man. Um, and I've said this before, man, I'm, I, I, you know, just if there weren't certain teams in the way, New York, um, the Broncos um, in the way, who knows how many he, they could have won, right? Um, but I also would put – these are my honorable mentions. I think that it's, you know, Tiger, Bill Russell, and Wayne Gretzky. If I had to fill in and, you know, if I could expand it, that would be mine. On your Kobe there, I have to say, for women's basketball, no means no. Oh, Wow. When you ain't charged of a crime, sir, <laughs> when, you, when you are acquitted, I mean, you didn't. You were not charged. I can't let you throw smut on my boy Kobe's name. Yeah, like come that. on, man, <laughs> brother Kobe, man. 
So for my Mount Rushmore honorable mention, I put Kobe in my honorable. Um, I also put Bruce Leroy in there because he had a huge impact um, on the sport, and everybody is a fan of Bruce. But my top five. You went to punch, man. Tiger Woods, 82 tour wins, um, 683 weeks at number one, 20 career hole-in-ones, 15 majors, um, 11 PGA Tour Player of the Year. What else do you need? I mean, that's a resume. You're good there. Um, Jordan got six rings, changed the face of basketball with David Stern because you got to remember, Magic and Bird and Isaiah were getting a little old, right? Um and so they had to have somebody who was going to come in and take the garden. And, and when the dream team played and they knew that Mike was the man, uh, Mike ran with it and changed it. And as you can see, still selling shoes like crazy. Um, a billionaire because of it. Didn't really make a lot of money off of basketball, but them shoes. Oh, boy. Um, third, I put Serena Williams. She's got 23 grand slams, um, gold medals. Um, won a lot in women's doubles and just brought the women's eye to the game, right? And and the grunts, right? Like you you can't miss it. Um, and you know, think about how many people hated that to have it in that sport, um, to have it classic, and for her to break that barrier. Fourth, you got Mister Brady, Tommy, Tommy Sizzle out there. He was a little sizzled after celebrating with Tampa Bay. He was linked up a little bit, but seven rings, two teams, and uh, the Patriots made a mistake, and they they found out, you know, real quick. Old man still got a little bit, and he said, hey, you already know the answer. I'm coming back. So he might get eight. We don't know. And hey, what, if, what would have happened if he would have thrown an interception with the Lombardi trophy, though? Oh, that and thing was going to sink that in that water. water. It was gone. It was gone. <laughs> was going in after it though you know that would have happened oh mm-hmm. man and he would have fought a shark and then it would have been yeah it been <laughs> and then uh muhammad ali greatest boxer of all time you know had some some things put it you know he didn't want to be drafted in the military things put in front of him and was still out there whooping ass you know and uh created monsters uh that looked up to him like mike tyson who was just a great too yeah, I mean, when you look at, at people in the sports, uh, you know, Mike Tyson looked up to him. I'm sure Money Mayweather looked up to him. I mean, he's just an icon in, in the sport. So, um, And Ali was Ali was crazy, but he wasn't like, I'm going to bite your ear off crazy. But he would. Like, Ali was controlled crazy. He would talk shit, though, and he was the yeah. best at it because he would make it rhyme. He was a rapper. He mm-hmm. was a great was. shit talker. Yes, he was. Hey, Howard Cosell. That thing on your head, dead. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah, he nice. Was cold that thing? <laughs> he was cold with it. Very <laughs> nice. So it's kind of interesting, Eric. Yeah. Like all four of us said Serena. All four of us said MJ. And then Muhammad Ali, three out of four. That's it. I mean, yeah. those I mean, those people transcended. That was that was easy, I think, for everybody to pick, right? Like it was like, oh. They're going to be there, you know, in some some facet, you know. But um, Wayne Gretzky, you know, he he was a sleeper for me, and I didn't even think about it. And now I'm like, duh, you know, or whatever. Um, yeah, he was he was pretty great. I um, think you could even put Bo Jackson on there. 
because of his ability to play multiple sports. So do you put prime time out there too? I, I had that conversation with myself too. Like what were my, what well, was my criteria yeah. for my Mount Rushmore, right? That was really the conversation I had before I even, you know, started thinking about people. And that was one of them. I thought about, you know, primetime and Bo. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Bo Jackson yeah, was uh, unstoppable on Tech Mobile. Unstoppable. Can we add Wayne Gretzky's daughter? Yes, sir. Hello, Paulina. <laughs> what if you could? I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter if DJ loses, man, because he's always winning. Always. That's true, brother. <laughs> so just think about this too. Like I think about folks that that maybe could have played on other teams, that maybe could have been on this list on this list if they played for other teams. Barry Sanders, um, and you know, I, to me, I think Randall Cunningham could have been one of the greats if he would have just had some more support, man. Um, and I think it's all about who you have sub- around you too, because look at. Look at Tom Brady, man. You have to say that he is the he is great because some years, man, they had nothing on offense, but they were stacked other places and they were able to get there. So it, it, I think it's all variable. There's all factors. Um, all right, I got I to gotta ask about one person that nobody talked about that almost made my list, and it was Jerry Rice. Speaking about like – I think Jerry Rice made Joe Montana. I don't think it was the other way around. And I, I don't hear that conversation a lot, but I was, and this might be like, I was obsessed with Jerry Rice when I was younger, but I mean, I, I don't, I can't, you can't argue with his resume. Right. So what do you guys think about Jerry Rice on that list? The only thing on his resume that I disagree with is his corn rolls that he had at the end of his career. <laughs> but besides that, Hey, Jerry was great. Right. What about his dancing with the stars bit? That was questionable. <laughs> too. Was, was it the rose with the because he was also like bald? Like oh yeah, know, yeah. That was some. Ball? It was weird, dude. Uh, it was it was a combination, right? Yeah, yeah, it was tough. But he could catch that ball. Absolutely. There was a there was a lot of space between each row. <laughs> <laughs> they were corn aisles. Not yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man. Because then he was bald, man. You want to know that once you put chemical in your hair, it go away, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, so speaking of greats, right? So we we talked about Tiger, and all of us have mentioned him in some way, shape, or form. Um, but Reg, you you were brought up this week. You know, we we discussed like the changing of the guard and um, like who will take over the sport, and um, you know, Tiger actually moves the needle and um what else were you thinking about this um when we were were chatting shook yeah i mean i think that that tiger can you know definitely still make a huge impact on the game i think he has a lot of time left um he's just got to get healthy i think if he gets healthy i think a lot of things change i think when he's healthy the game is is better it's more competitive because everybody wants to beat the great right so I think it brings out the best in everybody. So we'll see what happens. I definitely think that he can he can still win enough to get to 18. Um, I think that he's going to continue to move the needle, but in different ways. Like I, I, I appreciated like when they were showing kind of the, you know, when they were showing the match and they were showing that golf course that they built out there um, uh, in uh, what is that? Um, Missouri, right? 
um, out there and all that new area out there where they uh, – so I think he'll continue to change the game, but I think who's going to carry the sport on are, are the young cats. I think you got a lot of young guys, man, who are making a name for themselves, and they're all fighting for attention. And I think it's, it's not just going to be one. You'll have a couple. Yeah, but so if – so the NBA knew that they had Jordan because he was making noise, right? No one in the sport is making noise, the magnitude of that or of what Tiger has, right? So they put and got they've put guys out there. Remember Jordan Jordan Spieth, you know, before he fell off earlier, he was a golden boy. Rory, you know, they they love him, you know, DeChambeau, they talk about him. Like who's really going to take over the sport or going to going to take the baton and, you know, do do their thing for for the game of golf. I mean, it's obvious besides Corona drawing people to golf so that people can get out and play golf. Um, you know, golf is huge right now and people are watching and playing everywhere. But besides that, Tiger draws that. Like he is that. So who can who can draw that or will we have that again? I don't think it might not be it might not happen again, but go ahead, fellas. No, I was gonna say I think what I think the the PGA could probably take a page out of the um out of the nba's book like after jordan retired the next thing you heard was team jordan like it was these are the next up-and-coming athletes that kind of fit that profile and then out of team jordan the kobe bryants of the world emerged um and then now you have like okay it's probably like it's lebron right like lebron is kind of owning the league well i think golf could probably take a page out of that book and do the same thing saying all right well here are the characters that we are putting up and it's a group of characters and then let them, you know, add their flavor to the, to the sport and just be out there, focus on them and then let it hone in from there. So let me ask this then. So are we, are we thinking who will the PGA say is the next or who is going to actually step up and be the next, right? Like, cause I think those are two different questions because the PGA probably has a group of, of people they want, right? They want to push, but who is just going to step up and do it? That's a good I question. It, I think it comes down to personality too. I think that the the PGA might be looking to get, um, if they're looking to change the game, right? If they're looking to expand and do things differently, then I think they're going to have to expand in how they market. They're going to have to figure out a way to promote different types of stars to attract the type of you know the type of um, followers that they want. So I think they're going to have to figure out a way to diversify. So what about um, like the people's champ? Like, can't we choose like based off of who's, who's playing? Like they may choose these characters, but you know, Tiger, even with all his issues, he's the people's champ, right? Like everyone that hated him is now rooting for him. Right. So, you know, maybe we get to choose who, who that next person is going to be. You know, out of what Vish said, you know, here are the characters. Now you choose the Superman within these, or maybe the Superman will step out and and show himself. So it's it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I I I can't think of off the top of my head like who who's just popping out there right now. I'll well, tell you. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Rich. No, go ahead. I was going to say I'll, I'll tell you when we'll know. So like when you look at other sports, right? If Brady has the ball. At the end of the game, are you watching? Yes. 
if Mike Trout is up at bat, are you watching? Yes. Right. Um, if I'm trying to, you know, if, uh, if LeBron has the ball the last time you're going to watch if Tiger's in the tournament, you're watching. I don't, I think that's when you'll know when the next person in golf takes off is they have that, they have that. Well, and Reg, you make a great point. And you, what you just said made me think of, I mean, I think that's Jordan Spieth right now, right? Because the last two weeks, he has kind of been that, oh, let's, let's, he's in it. Let's, let's go and watch, right? Um, so that made me think of that. But what I was going to comment on earlier is the, you know, er, you know, you make a great point about like, we, we should be able to choose who this person is, right? Based on how they're playing, whatever it is. Well, I don't know if you guys have seen the Tiger Woods documentary. Um, you know, that, that documentary helped me understand that I don't think there will ever be another Tiger. Um, so I guess by this question, are we saying by passing the torch, are we looking for the next Tiger or just the next great golfer? Because I think those are two very different things. Because his dad tormented him mentally so that he would have the mental fortitude and the mental toughness to survive and be that tiger be that be that the person that we are all like oh i gotta see this so you know that's a that's a great point mathis i think one of the things that i feel is missing from the the sport of golf is tiger was built like if you if you spent if you read the book tiger woods which is a great book uh armin katane and i don't remember what the name of the other dude was um tiger had to be built into that and there were it wasn't just it was a number of people that did it right there was his dad but then you also had his promotional company because his promotional company was like this guy is horrible (laughs) like he should not be allowed to speak to anybody and then before you know it they're recording him bouncing uh golf balls off of his golf club and that really captured the nation and then likewise you look at a michael jordan like would Michael Jordan have been as popular as he was had it not been for the Gatorade commercials and for the, the Nike commercials, like, or did they work in concert? And I feel that in the, in the, in the sport of golf right now, if we're really talking about creating a people's champ, I mean, you certainly have the, and I'm going to kind of bunny, bunny, uh, bunny hop here a little bit. you got the Ocho singles of the world that are self-promoting and they get popular as like YouTube champions or Twitter champions, but the real stars in sports are the stars because they've also got this promotional backing like Peyton Manning and his commercials with Brad Paisley or whatever, whatever, like that's really setting him into a whole nother conversation as, okay. Yeah. He didn't win as many, but that guy's a rock star because he's in commercials. Entertainer. He's well, think about that too. That comes into play when you think about Hall of Fame inductions in every sport, right? You think about mm-hmm. like it's another like who do you know or are you liked by the sports writers? So that's another great point, Vishnu. Absolutely. I get lucky sometimes. <laughs> no, two good ideas in one. Uh, that's 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 good. Well, um, you know that was a great conversation. Um, we'll see. We'll see what shakes out of it. But um, one thing that makes me shake is a good jam when you're jamming on the one. You know what I'm saying? And so um, this week's golf gig and song of the week is our boy Nip Hustle. Rest in peace, neighborhood Nip and uh, Jigga. 
And they did this uh, song for uh, the Judas and the Black Messiah, and it's called What It Feels Like. Let's take a listen. And this is what it feels like. And this is what it feels like. I survive cause a nigga is special first You get successful, then it get stressful thirst Niggas gon' test you, see what your texture's worth Diamonds and pipes, one of them pressure first Street niggas, still I get checks and spurts I'm for peace, but before I get pressed, I murk Better days, pray for, but expecting worse At this level, bullshit, I'm just less concerned Cruising in the six, looking at the proceeds of rap music on my wrist. Drop another mixtape, my shit booming out this bitch. Young Malcolm, I'm the leader of the movement out this bitch. Look, and this is what it feels like. Reach a level, make you question, is it real life? All the weed good, all the pussy real tight. And the only rule, keep your dollar bills and this right. Is what it feels like. And this is what it feels like. What it feels like And this is what it feels like Scorpion bricks, way before Orbeez double disc, 40 on my lap, clap, sound like 40 did the mix, filtered bass, sip coat, like a Michelin star chef, chef, kiss to my wrist, I go dummy with my left, I arrest on my dick, try to audit all my checks, too late, you know they hate when you become more than they expect, you let them crack a storm, your capital put their feet up on your desk, and yeah, you talking tough to me, I lost all my little respect, I'm selling weed, in the open, bringing folks home from the feds, I know Goodness. Another cold blooded cut, man. Another cold. Hey, man. Blooded. Tight like Eric's shirt. Uh, yikes. 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 Yeah. I mean, Ouch. I was going to give Jigga. Well, Jigga is still doing it, but wow. Vish, okay. Yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> okay. That gets us into the next segment. <laughs> what are we hating on this week? Hey, hey, gonna... hey, 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 hey. I'm going straight to the headlines. Or this one because I'm gonna tell you guys this lady really and I'm gonna, I'm gonna start cussing here because she really fucking pissed me off. Um, this whole gorilla glue girl situation, <laughs> dog. I'm serious, man. This has to be. I, I don't care. Oh, I do not give a fuck where you come from. Your education. You can fucking read in this country. And you're going to tell me that you took some Gorilla Glue, put that shit on your head, and that was supposed to help you out? What you talking about, <laughs> Good luck to your ass. That's what I'm hating on this week. <laughs> <laughs> I might use something to get my dome piece right, though. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm going to take your ass to the ER. Yep. Just call me when you're ready. I'll take you. I can give my own GoFundMe. I can totally give my own GoFundMe to get it off. So for me, I'm hating on sneakerheads that are buying these Jordan golf shoes that are not going to wear them, and they're just going to sell them and mark up the price and everything. And I feel you make your money, do what you got to do, but this shit's enough. Like I'm over the bots and the bullshit. Um, I'm over 
the fact that Nike knows what they have and they just need to go ahead and put the shits out in the stores like they used to when we were growing up. I used to be able to walk into Foot Locker and be able to say, hey, let me get this size in these fours here. And they had plenty of them, you know what I'm saying? And military blues or or the 11s or whatever. And now this shit has gotten out of hand. It's it's crazy. And usually the people that get them are sponsored stars, um, marketing gimmicks, everything like that. And I'm just over it. Like I'm I've been a sneaker collector for a long time and buying shoes and shit. I deserve some handouts. I deserve to be able to get this shoe and not have to fucking sweat with the app and shit like that. You know, fuck sneaker apps on that on the bullshit too. Um, there's a lot of people on there that's that's hating on that, but that shit sucks and I'm off my pedestal, but I still am gonna try to get the force. So Um You know what I mean? Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Hey, baby. Wait, wait, what? No, no, I'm not going to talk about you splitting your pants no more. No, that was just a joke. That's a, a anyway. Bye. Um, uh, so uh, um, what I'm hating on this week, I'm sorry. That was my girl. She was not happy with me talking about busting buttons last week. Mm. I thought we had it cleared, um, but apparently not. Um, <laughs> but we could talk real here, right? We could talk real. Real. All right. So I, I hate it when you have to go to the restroom and then you look over and there's only like one square left on the on the roll. I was I was like, Weston, Weston, help Papa out. I just don't I don't like that. Hey, borrow a shirt. Mm. Sometimes you gotta use your sock. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta use your sock. I get yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's just where I'm at today. I, I gotta follow that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, what I'm hating on is that, uh, my, one of my favorite summertime pastimes is been ruined by the local baseball establishment. Um, I won't even say their name, but it sounds like the, nah, never mind. Um, the Rockies have, have, have ruined baseball for me for a while and I'm a baseball nerd and they traded away the best player we've ever had, uh, future Hall of Famer, and they gave away $50 million. Um, so a Harvard education gets you effed in the A, and I'm trying to be nice, right? Like, And the prospects we got back for Nolan Arenado are garbage, absolute garbage. Great, Great boo-boo. Um, it just shows the ineptitude of this this ownership. All they want is money. Um, it's not about winning. And I mean, I like, I just, I get so pissed off. I can't even articulate. I can't even use regular words to describe how pissed off I am. So, fuck you, Rockies. There you go. <laughs> yes. Hey, 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 hey. So with the yes, uh, fuck you, fuck you too. <laughs> so with uh, our hate out our system, um, we're gonna ask Mathis his uh, back nine questions of the week, and the back nine question of the week are brought to you by Golf Gents. Let's hear from Golf Gents. Hey, 
We all need practice, so why not practice the style? Golf Gents has the dopest gear for the weekend golfer. From the wasted hat line to the master's line, Golf Gents has you covered. For being a friend of Don't Be Alarmed, use code WASTED and receive 20% off your order. Head on over to www.golfgents.com. Awesome, Golf Gents, fresh gear. That's who keeps us outfitted, golf in the hood, you know? So, Mathis. Back nine questions we have for you. Reg, I will turn these questions over to you. Go ahead. The big one. So, Mathis, man, I know you are a beverage connoisseur, so we're going to start with this one. So, while you are hitting the links, what is your favorite beverage? Uh, I would say either a Greyhound, uh, so vodka and uh, grapefruit. Uh, it's refreshing. Uh, doesn't weigh me down. Chris. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right. A uh, little, little lime in it. Um, it's a solid go-to except when that back nine starts to hit the shitter, it goes down even smoother. Mm. So it's a sneaky drink. You got to really be careful with it. So, uh, greyhounds are my drink of choice. Fancy. I like it. That's fancy. Right on, man. Fresh squeeze. Uh, only if my wife will do it. All right. All right. Nice. What is she doesn't, favorite? so no. <laughs> what is your favorite club? Uh, what's your favorite club in the bag? Uh, my 56. Uh, it is, it's just a part of me now. Like I, I feel I can do just about anything with it. Um, although I just got a new 60, which I'm really learning to use. Uh, but my 56 is definitely my go-to, but I'll say this. So like I have a range. I literally, I have a, from a, a 54, I have a 54, a 56, a 58 and a 60. So there's not a whole lot of difference there. Right. But I am really learning to use those four clubs kind of as one in unison, just depending on my lie, depending on, you know, the, the weather, like that 60 I've played a couple of times in the past couple, I don't know, played twice in January already played once in February that wind is whipping. Right. So I can't use that 60 cause it gets it too, uh, too much in the air and it's gone. Right. So, you know, I know you asked for one club, but really that range of clubs I use all the time. Right on. Um, if you, so we talked about shoes earlier. So if you could turn any shoe into a golf cleat, what would it be? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, well, you know, my body is breaking down from all of the sports I've done in my life. Uh, so I need something comfortable and it's not very flashy by any means. Uh, you know, we've talked, you know, I'm, I'm definitely intimidated by all the sneaker talk. I'm not going to lie. Um, but you know, some good Nike running shoes that are just comfortable that I can walk 18 in and still feel good swinging you know, on the tee box on 18, as I did on the, on, on one, that's really what I want. I want to be able to play with good golf. I mean, I look good, so I don't need to worry about that. You know, it's, it's feeling comfortable that sometimes I need to worry about. So oh, not flashy, but that's where I'm at. Like it. there are some new air maxes that just dropped. Yep. I will say that. Go check those out y'all. All right. Oh, um, Eric. No. Oh, 
Yeah, those are them. I right. can hear my bank account just like. <laughs> I think those was those, those one sixty. Yep. One sixty. Oh, that's not bad. What? Uh, so, what's your lowest score? Your highest score, and how much of that was a lie? All right. Um, my lowest score is an eighty-five. Uh, I shot that a couple times this year. Um, my highest score, I can honestly say I don't know it exactly because I've been playing since I was like 10, honestly. Um, but I would say it's in the 120s. That's a fair statement. Um, but I'll say this too, like you hit a certain point and I, you just stop keeping score. So, you know, uh, you know, it's one way I'm, I'm tracking everything, you know, that 85, I knew everything. I could recall every hit or every, every stroke, but you hit 110, 120, you kind of just stop. Vish, you've no, been there okay. before. I live there. <laughs> he said he lives there. <laughs> uh, have you broken the club and what happened? Uh, I never have. Uh, no, never broken a club. I've seen many, many be broken. And, and uh, Reggie, you know, my favorite one was our buddy Brian Hines. Shout out to Brian Hines. You know, wrapping it around a tree. That was that was my favorite. So but I've never personally broken one. Around a tree, man. That that is that takes some talent. That is talent oh, yeah. for sure, man. Mm. So, it was his best swing of the day, so <laughs> <laughs> have you ever hit a house? Uh and did you run or explain? Uh oh yeah. I've hit many houses. Um the 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 one that I remember most recently uh, was at the Broadlands and I just waited. I mean, I, I walked down and the lady was there. She was standing there and I was just like, this is not going to end well. She's like, I bought a house on a golf course. Don't worry about it. It's like, Oh, perfect answer. Perfect answer. So yeah. Wow. Right on, man. <laughs> what is the wildest thing you've seen on a golf course? Um, <laughs> Well, I'll say wildest good and wildest bad. Uh, best one in the, in the good was this summer I got my father-in-law to go out and play, start playing golf again, and he hasn't played in 25 years, right? Second time we're out, hole-in-one, the par three on the blue course at Highland Hills, hole-in-one. He hasn't played in 25 years, second time out, hole-in-one. Amazing. Wow. Um, that same round, though, <laughs> I met a uh, golf course, Karen. And so what had happened, we, we were playing with, it was my, my father-in-law and I, and it was another couple. And at the blue course at Highland Hills, it's only a, a nine holes. And, um, and at the, uh, it's like the sixth hole, it's a par three. It runs right along Sheridan. But we were kind of backing up. So we let, we hit our balls and we let the people behind us play through. So we're just standing there watching. Well, the people behind them show up and it's this, this gentleman and his lady friend and we're putting, you know, after we let this other, you know, force them play through. And this lady is screaming at us like at the top of her lungs from, I don't know, 140 away, whatever, like throwing her hands up. You know, we can't really hear what she's saying, but she's just screaming at us. We're like, what is going on? So we finish out, we're waiting to tee off on the next hole and she comes storming up, hands pumping. She's like, what's going on? 
you guys just walked onto the course from Sheridan Boulevard. And we're like, what are you talking about? We, we just let this, this, you know, these people play through and we were just watching. She's all, no, no, no. You guys came on and just started playing. And mind you, one of the groups we were with had a cart. Like, yeah, they, they, they pulled up with their cart on the sidewalk and, and lifted it over a, a fence and started playing. That, that happened. It was the craziest thing. She was, it, it, I, I don't even know. So, yeah, that's probably the craziest thing I've ever seen on a golf course. Both, round, both things happen on the same round. Wow, man. Fuck you, Karen, <laughs> on the course. What's that? I said, fuck you, Karen, on the course. Well, here's the funny thing. So my father-in-law, he comes up to me and he goes, Mathis, uh, what, what are they calling all those crazy women now? And I was all, Karen? He's all, oh, yeah, she's a Karen. And I, I lost it. It was so funny. Hilarious. So funny. Did you ask her if she put raisins in her potato salad also? <laughs> I didn't. I will write that down, though, and I will use that again. Some weird shit if you ever see that. Mm-hmm. Might get stepped on. It's funny, dude. I hate raisins. It's funny mm-hmm. you say that. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know anybody that likes raisins. <laughs> right. Uh, have you ever gotten into a fight by hitting into someone? Um, no, not a physical fight, but, um, another friend of ours, uh, Mr. Michael Barker, who I'm sure one day will make his way onto the show. Uh, he likes to speak very loudly at people when they do such things. So, um, there's been opportunity, but it's never gotten that far. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have Barker on here pretty soon. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, so what's your uh, what's your dream course to play at, Mathis? Um, it's got to be Augusta, um, and more more just because of the history, right? Uh, that's that's why I would go there. I'm sure there's courses that are more scenic, or you know, even just more where I could play a, a good round at, right? But just the history of Augusta is just too tempting to pass up. Nice. Hey, so uh, before we wrap up, uh, any anyone got any shout outs? Vish, any shout outs? Um, you know, I just want to shout out to to my friends, UE, uh, Reg. I, I love what you guys are doing here. And I, I like the fact that, you know, we're just getting a story out there and it's beautiful. So shout out to y'all. Word. Appreciate it. Mathis, shout outs. Uh, well, I'm going to piggyback on that. I, you know, this is amazing. And, uh, I've passed it on to some of my friends and we've talked about it. We've had long conversations about what's going on. And uh, I love the diversity piece. Um, I love the, just the openness and the camaraderie. Uh, So you guys are doing great things. And I also just want to give a a shout out to all uh, educators. Uh, I'm an educator. It's a crazy time to be in the education world. And uh, a lot of people think they know, they don't know what it's like to be a teacher right now. And uh, it's tough. Uh, love your babies because uh, we do too. So just a shout out to all the educators out there. No doubt. Well said, man. And, um, you know, I also want to kind of piggyback on that. And I just want us to give a shout out to, you know, everyone. Check on check on your folks, man. Make sure you do that. Uh, mental health is a, a real struggle for a lot of people. We continue to lose a lot of good folks um, just in all different capacities, man, just because they might need the opportunity to reach out. 
So if it's just a conversation, if it's a text, um, you know, make sure you do that because it can mean the difference for somebody. Word. Um, I want to shout out uh, all the guests and listeners. Uh, appreciate you. Um, numbers are spinning up and we, we appreciate the love that you're giving the show. Um, I want to shout out my fam bam. Um, and then I want to shout out the uh, hard knock slice boys um, that we plan a tournament with, you know, uh, shout out to y'all. Um, hopefully you guys are out there practicing and getting on your game. So um, with that, we can go ahead and wrap up. Go ahead. Shook. Until next time. Take it easy. Y'all take care of each other. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes.